The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Ms. Megan Tombini is on the line, co-founder of ISWI, Domestic Workers Alliance, talking about domestic employees' rights between them and their employers, a very vulnerable sector of our community, and I would imagine this has not changed, albeit 25 years into our democratic dispensation, and notwithstanding the constitutional framework that is made provision for in the Bill of Rights with a plethora of labor rights and labor laws, rather, that were promulgated, Labor Relations Act, Employment Equity, Basic conditions of employment. Domestic workers are still very much a vulnerable society, are they not? Miss Megim Tombe. Yes, yes, how are you? Well, thanks, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Let's talk about Domestic Workers Is We Domestic Workers Alliance, what you guys do and what interests you protect mainly. <laughs> Sounds obvious, as of course. My, yes, as my as already said, my name is Megim Tombe from Is We Domestic Workers Alliance. Domestic Workers Alliance is where we educate domestic workers about their rights and about their duties and about their treatment at work. We are domestic workers for domestic workers to so that we can unite, so that we can keep our workplace safe because we just uh, realized that behind the closed doors we are facing lots of the things, but we can't uh, deal with those things. Uh, one by one. That's why we united so that we can deal with those things together. Domestic workers, for the most part, in South Africa, given, of course, our history, they are vulnerable not because of the kind of work that they do and where it takes place, but oftentimes because of the information asymmetry between what they know and what are their actual rights that they don't know. As a result, not only are they inherently vulnerable by virtue of the kind of employment that they do. But because of the information that they ordinarily wouldn't have access to, and for the most part, it's not in the interest of the employer to let them know of their rights, they are made even more vulnerable. Are there ways that are practical that we can try and implement to bridge this gap between information and rights such that they can make themselves or be put in a position by those who can in a stronger position to establish a more equitable transaction between employer and employees? No, I think domestic workers are unavailable because um, they just call it a domestic worker, but uh, they're not getting that treatment as a worker. They're not even treated as a worker because they don't have lots of the employment rights as a worker. But now how do we move away from a situation whereby we just know that because it's always been that way and move to a situation or to an environment whereby they become workers as opposed to just domestics? That's the only, that's the also one of uh, the reason why we have this alliance because we also want to educate employers to know that a domestic worker is a worker also as some other workers. She ma, he or she must have an employment agreement, which is a, a, a contract, and then they have, they're supposed to have a pay slip as well, they're supposed to be registered also under EIS, because they are workers. It's what we are trying to do also as domestic workers, to educate our employers in the, in the government as well help us to educate our employers because it's very hard as domestic workers we just face our employers and tell them how to treat us, how to do as um, how to do things as an employer to the employees. And of course I think what we also need to have a discussion about is that there's a difference between a domestic worker 
and somebody who does domestic work. For instance, I have somebody who I contract to do domestic work, but she doesn't qualify per LRA definition as a worker because she only comes twice a month to me. So while she might provide me with domestic services, she's not a domestic worker. And there are those who do what the person who I contract with, and they do that for an entire month and they do it for an entire year. And they have become, so the person I employ, so to speak, is even more vulnerable in the sense that she, does, she isn't even a worker in that sense. Her rights are at contract law, not in domestic work or labor law. Yeah, it is, but I'm not I'm not sure how to answer this question because, like, even if the person is coming to you twice a month, she's still a domestic worker because she's doing a domestic worker job. Okay, this is where we disagree on law. She cannot <laughs> qualify as a domestic worker such that she gets those rights that a domestic worker is otherwise entitled to because she comes to me twice a month. She is not in that sense of the LRA definition of what an employee is. She is not an employee of mine. Just as I am not an employee of the South African Broadcasting Corporation because I come in on a contractual basis as a freelancer, I don't have the rights that somebody who comes in 8 to 5 does ordinarily. So I was trying to establish that distinction between somebody, albeit doing domestic work, is not defined as a worker for the purposes of these labor protections because they become an especially vulnerable group. Do we consider that particular segment, which is pretty much on the increase because people cannot support a domestic worker 9 to 5 for a month on a salary, but they can perhaps have somebody come in periodically as long as or has that kind of arrangement with the person with whom he's in contract with so as to make ends meet. But nonetheless, that person becomes more vulnerable. Let's have a conversation about that particular segment. Yeah, I understand. But how come if an employer can um, uh, hire somebody as a domestic worker to come to here just uh, twice per month? Yeah, if she is not falling under the um, South African laws as a domestic worker because she's working under, she's working less than those hours which she's supposed to be registered and she's supposed to have a contract. I, I, I don't think we're meeting each other here. I don't have a domestic worker because I don't supply any of the tools. I think it's section 213 of the LRA. I'm, I'm sorry to the listeners at home for not... It's, it's 213, I beg your pardon, whatever the section in the, con, in, in, in the LRA. I do not have a domestic worker, and there are many persons who do not have domestic workers so as to fit the ambit of the Labor Relations Act such that they can get their rights as per establishment of the BCEA. But they nonetheless provide domestic work. That is a contract like any contract that people might enter into because she puts what her services are, and I say I'm prepared to pay so much. And then we find each other there, and for a day, twice a month, she comes and goes. She can't possibly have the same rights as somebody who does this Monday to Friday, f four weeks in a row, constitutes a month, such that they would then be entitled to, for instance, a payslip and whatever rights that are caught having, getting oneself a payslip. I think that is the distinction that I was making, which is quite clear. And I'm not so sure that we're finding each other on this point, Ms. Mtombe. I do understand, Bill. I, I agree that if somebody is coming twice a month, we can't... Um say that person is, a, is a, a domestic worker which is supposed to be given a contract or supposed to be registered. I agree with that. 
All right, let's take the news. It's 21 hours. Ms. Megan Tombi, the co-founder of Iswi Domestic Workers Alliance. Lots more to talk about in this sector. Uh, problems.